0: speakers of the conference was dr. Michael Lacona who is from Houston Baptist University um, he has a PhD in New Testament and uh, he spoke on how um, the resurrection is historical so how the, how it's historically reliable the uh, the yeah, record and you released a
1: really really big book that I'm just not gonna have time to read I'm just gonna be honest and upfront about that right That's now fine. but Justin read it last night <laughs>
0: And that is completely fabricated. <laughs> um, but we have, I, have, I have two questions for you. Um, uh, when you When you spoke, a lot of your uh, defense of the historicity of the resurrection was dependent upon the authorship. Why did you choose to use that defense from authorship um, versus maybe something else? Well, I don't think I used it from authorship. but I, I discussed some authorship mm-hmm. along the way, okay. Um, most of what I, you know, talked about is that like our best source is Paul, mm-hmm. right? And because not only do we have some letters written by him that uh, we are certain he wrote, and he was a non-believer, uh, he was actually hostile toward Christians and was uh, persecuting them. And then all of a sudden he had this experience that he was convinced was the risen Jesus who had appeared to him, mm-hmm. and that radically transformed him. Mm-hmm. And um, now he became Christianity's most aggressive advocate um, and was willing to die and actually did die as a Christian martyr for his gospel proclamation. So he is like really, really a strong witness for us. But then I looked at some others uh, who are other, you know, what are some of our other sources that we look at. I mentioned Clement of Rome and Polycarp and said, you know, these are pretty decent sources because they actually knew uh, Peter and John and so they're getting information from them so we're just one remove from the eyewitnesses. When yeah. we talk about Mark and Luke, same thing, they knew the eyewitnesses so they're one remove from it there and they're writing even closer to the events like for example Clement of Rome or I'm sorry Mark was was probably writing within five years of Peter's death, and he got his information from Peter. That's really good. Right. Um, so you know they're good witnesses. Now we start to talk about authorship of John and Matthew, and that's where it becomes a little bit hairy. So I did need to. I needed to explain how. Look, uh, even, uh, you know, I believe John wrote the, the Gospel of John, but even if he didn't, mm. most scholars who are specialists in John agree that um, if John didn't write it either a minor disciple of Jesus who had traveled with him because there were more than 12 that traveled with him. Mm -hmm. Um, You had to because they selected Matthias, right? And they had to have been with Jesus from the baptism through his resurrection. So there were more than 12. It's just that the 12 were the ultimate authoritative group of leaders. So um, it would have been a minor disciple who had traveled with Jesus. That's fine. Still eyewitness. Or uh, the Gospel of John would have been based on uh, they would have used John as the major source or mm-hmm. one of the apostles as their major source So you still got eyewitness testimony. Mm-hmm. All right, so we might not be so because there's some question concerning authorship there um, It may not be as strong as some of the others, but it's still a decent source mm-hmm. and so the Same thing could be said about Matthew
1: now uh, in in your presentation you used a kind of a playing card deck as as the analogy and Justin and I kind of did a debrief last night uh, so that podcast is going to post before this one Um, but I was commenting how I really liked that particular analogy how did you kind of come up with the you know the the 10 and the 9 and the jack and the the queen nobody's a king but you know how did did you come up with uh, uh, well well, you personally believe that uh, John is a king right But, but How did you come up with that particular analogy, and and how has it gone over with people? I mean, I'm telling you I liked it, but how has it gone over with other people?
0: Well, thanks. Actually, it has gone over very well. And the the way I came up with it, um, a few years ago, William Lane Craig and I sat in on a lecture at the annual meeting of the Society of Biblical Literature. I forgot which city it was in. But John Meyer, a prominent historical Jesus scholar, was speaking. And he made the comment where he said, uh, doing history is like Deal, being dealt a hand of cards. You always wish you had more cards, you wish the cards you had were better, but you got to deal with the hand you've been dealt. And it doesn't matter if you're dealing with Jesus or Alexander the Great or whatever, you've got the same scenario. And that really just hit a chord with me, it's like, wow, I really love that illustration. Um, so I was in, two years ago, I was in Indonesia for a couple weeks and uh, speaking there in front of numerous groups and doing training. And I always had to have a translator, and when you have a translator, it was my first experience using a translator. Right. Um, but you really, have, because you can't use a lot of, you got to be careful about the English idioms. Right. They yeah. won't get that colloquialisms and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. So you realize you're communicating with these people in another, uh, a different language, and it's being translated. So you got to make it even pretty simple for the and clear for the translator. And at that point, John Meyer's playing cards illustration came to mind. I thought, this could be a really good way to illustrate. I'm sure they have playing cards in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a um, really good way to, to illustrate. So I kind of reworked one of my presentations, and I, and I gave it. And it's like they loved it. It was really clear to them. So it's like, okay, well, this works. So that's yeah. how I came up with it. And it I started really well using it. So I was like, oh, okay.
1: And I, and I think when you're dealing with... People from all different walks of life. So you know, out in the audience, you might have a doctor, you know, someone who's got a doctorate. but You also might have someone who's a welder. You might have, you know, a soccer mom. You might have a kid in high school, and all of them uh, may not be in the same place intellectually. I'm not saying anybody's, you know, stupid or anything like that. Um, but that analogy, I think, communicates to everybody, no matter what your walk of life. We all know what, a, you know, what a queen is. We all know what a jack is. We all know what an ace is. We know, we know these things. And so I thought it was. I thought that's why. Uh, that analogy was powerful and useful, so very, very cool. Uh, any other questions? Did you? No, have? no. Okay. I think. Well, this was just a taste. This was just a taste. We want to we actually <laughs> bring you back because uh, we're very early in some things, and there's some places we want to go with this podcast uh, to discuss some things, and we want to have some experts on, and you're an expert. Uh, you're probably going to forget more than I ever know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for taking
0: a few minutes out. Well, you know out what to an expert is, right? An X is a has-been and a spurt is a drip under pressure.